This is not just another fitness podcast. Food is so much more than just fuel. Keep things simple. That goes for training and diet. Chips, cheese and hummus, you should try it. Don't take this stuff too seriously. Balance is just really not sexy. Eat plenty of fruit and veg. It's not rocket science. Having a six pack is just totally not worth it. That's a lie for a start. (laughs) (laughs) Walking every day has to be one of the best things you can do. Honestly, I hear this shit on a daily basis. Nobody got fat from eating too much fruit. Green peppers to rank. I do like a Snickers. Just be honest with yourself. Have you tried the Aldi milk chocolate? (laughs) The answer is no. Honestly, if you're struggling, just ask for help. In most of my consultations, I actually don't talk about food. No, Diet Coke doesn't cause cancer. Sometimes you have to think about the effort versus the reward. Calorie deficits are boring, but they work. Oh my God, my gran used to take me to Wimpy. It's never too late to start lifting weights. You can take your Manuka honey and shove it up the oven. (laughs) That made me die. (laughs) 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 All All this is going on as well. Welcome to the Not Another Fitness Podcast. We are on episode 31. Who knew? 31. Who would have thought? Um, you're with me, Amy. As always, I'm here with my compadre, the wonderful... That's you. Andy Scruggs. <laughs> there you are. How have you been, mate? I've been very well. I was just saying to you earlier on, we've, uh, we've had a nursery painted today. I'm so excited. Momentous day in the household. Been slaving away all afternoon, I have. So full of shit. (laughs) Andy is self-confessed. Worst person at (laughs) DIY. Hates it. Not good at it. Absolute waste of time and effort. We'll balls it up all the time. I don't remember ever confessing this. Well, to me you did. Not to the pod. Yeah, you've misrepresented me, Rambo. Shut up. (laughs) Yeah, no, I didn't do it. Um, A man came round. A painter, not just some random yeah. <laughs> guy. Guy wandered in. I just gave him a paintbrush. Like, knock yourself out, mate. Yeah. We need a nursery, and I'm not going to do it. Love it, love it. Yeah, so that's good. So it feels like a it feels like a productive day today. Um, and then yeah, next week some furniture arrives, and then it's suddenly all becoming quite real. And then like there's like the logistics as well. Like we were just talking before as well about when we're going to do like the the Christmas party pod, we're going to have to do it a little bit early because I'm designated driver. Can't be, can't be driving to the hospital pissed with my pregnant wife. That's, new that's Year's the... is going to be boring. New year, new me, Rambo. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So uh, you, uh, you were visiting mama. I went to see mama. I did. It was lovely. It was very nice. Like, not being able to do stuff suits us very well, um, apart from shopping. But um, no, we went on lots of lovely walks in the Cotswolds. We drank lots of gin and wine. We ate loads of chocolate. I think we got through a tin of Quality Street in two days. Eight, sure. Oh, no, no, no. And we left the ones we didn't like. So technically not a whole tin. But um, yeah, it was it was fun. Ate lots of nice food did some training it was nice and then like we did our favorite thing ever which is just wandering around supermarkets (laughs) so mom and i it's really sad like listeners if anyone out there does this as well please make mom and i feel normal 
We love a supermarket. Good, good luck with that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> we love a supermarket, right? So, like, one day she was like, oh, what do you want to do today? Like, so the weather's a bit shit. And, like, our feet were hurting after we walked, like, 45 miles in, like, four days. We did quite a lot. So, like, one day our feet were hurting, so we didn't want to go for a walk. She, and I just said, oh, should we do a supermarket sweep? <laughs> so we did Aldi and Lidl and Tesco's <laughs> in one day. It was really fun. Is this a joke, remember? <laughs> Is there a punchline I'm missing? No. I love, I just really, so like maybe it comes from like flying and experience in different cultures and different. Oh, get, like, get me to an aisle. Oh, I can relax now. No. But like if anyone's ever traveled abroad and like been to a supermarket in a different country, particularly like Asia, like Asian supermarkets are awesome. They do all sorts of stuff. And like, I just love wandering up and down the aisle, seeing what different products people like think the supermarkets have. Uh, where, so, does, like... where does your mum live, Rambo? <laughs> the Cotswolds. Please explain to me the link. I mean, I need to get down the Cotswolds. God knows what the supermarkets are like down there. They sound amazing. Oh, it's oh, like being back in Thailand. <laughs> they've got all the Christmas bits in the in at the minute. So, like, we went to Aldi and we saw, like, the Christmas bits in Aldi. And then we went to Lidl and we saw the Christmas bits. Lidl was very impressive, actually. Lidl was the best of the lot. And then, like, we went to Tesco's. And Mum works in Tesco's. So they had club card prices and then she got her staff discount. So like it was, we, we, it was just brilliant. This is not what I was expecting when I asked what you got up to. <laughs> I'll, I'll, but I'm glad, I'm glad you've shared it though. Well, that's one of my favourite pastimes. So if you ever see me wandering about randomly in a supermarket, that isn't Waitrose because I do work at Waitrose, but like, then you know what I'm doing. I'm just having my happy time in my happy place is amazing that is yeah, brilliant I love, I, I love it when i find out something uh something new about you mate especially when it's happening live when we're recording <laughs> what an absolute treat you've blessed me I with just there. love it i can jack it drives jack mad because i'm always like slowly just wandering up and down the aisles and he's like off with the trolley and then i'll get mad at him because i'll pick loads of stuff up and have it in my hands and i'm like come back here with the trolley i'm enjoying myself like yeah it's just i just really like a supermarket it must do his head in though because like you know like when you pick date night and stuff you're off for a quick wander around tesco's of an evening i'm gonna put my dress on tonight and get that whole uh, all done up go for a little wander down fresh foods <laughs> No, my favourite aisle in uh, in Waitrose is aisle four. Aisle four or aisle three, to be honest. Oh, my God. What's, what's in three or four? Well, well, aisle, aisle three is pasta, tinned goods and jarred, like tinned vegetables and then jarred things. And then it finishes. I've, lo- I've completely lost the plot this end. Go on, carry on. The listeners want to know now. And then- it finishes at the end with spices and then aisle four is, <laughs> aisle four is tea and coffee granola cereals and um the gluten-free bit as well so, solid choice can i just say something before before we started recording rambo's like well you know the last episode it was an hour and 20 so this one let's, let's make it a little bit shorter and we've just filled up a solid five minutes I no, don't think we should cut this out either. No, this, this is, is quite this, good. This, this is definitely go. This is this is the podcast, right? Talking for another. <laughs> Let's go down the supermarket rabbit hole. I just used to love supermarket sweep when I was younger. Good old Dale Winton. Oh, that was amazing, wasn't it? Oh, such, I mean, so good. What a concept. What a great show. 
Is it still it's still around? It must have like a it a was dip. Rylan. Rylan reinvented it. That that's, was it. That's but the one. Yeah, it's you, you know, you need Dale. Has he I, died? I don't, do you know what I was thinking in my head? I didn't <laughs> want to say it. Like, I could see when you put your finger up to your head, I was like, I think she's gonna she's gonna ask me, and I don't know. Did you die, or did I imagine that? Mm, I don't I don't know. Okay, okay. Well, anyway, there you go, listeners. If you ever see me in a supermarket aisle, you just just leave me to it. I'm having a lovely time. <laughs> People will be worried about coming up. Do you know? Don't want to don't want to disturb her. She looks she looks in bliss. Depends. That, depends. That free from aisle. <laughs> I was going to say the mood will depend on what's in the trolley. If it's chocolate and ice cream and crisps, I'm not having a good one. If it's like you know, tender stem broccoli, sea bass, and <laughs> tuna, we're having a good week. <laughs> so there you have it, listeners. When you see Rambo out and about, just take an extra second to uh, check the contents of the shopping basket before approaching, because you might get a very different response. <laughs> That's our public service announcement for the day. Public service announcement. So, yeah, that's what I've been up to. Anyway. Brilliant, brilliant. brilliant. We're not going to top that as an intro. So let's park that there and move on to the meat of this pod. Yes. Hit me with the title, Rambo, because you've got it written down and I haven't. Well, you say you say this and we always kind of alter it and, and change it. But we today we're going to discuss. So we're going to discuss a very prominent figure in the fitness industry, um, James Smith. Um, he had a bit of backlash this week um, about some about basically his message and the way he delivers his message. Um, and we've got our own opinions about it. And it led us on to a little bit of a conversation about authenticity in the industry. Um, so I think the working title in progress is, you know, authenticity in the industry, the good, the bad and the ugly or something like that. But um, yeah, it, it's a, it's that's the kind of title at the moment but that's the topic of conversation so we're going to discuss being authentic in the fitness industry we're going to have a look at um the topics themselves that were brought up by James Smith and the comments he received and his response to them as well um we're going to say our thoughts get the um, uh, get the swear jar out for this one mate Get the swear jar out. Well, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna be like relatively PC. I've, we've always got the swear jar out for our pods anyway. Um, we're gonna discuss messaging, how we do get our messages out, and then we're gonna have a bit of reflection on our own approaches to our own messaging and social media and things like that. Because I think we've both had our relationships with it over the years as well. And especially, I mean, you've been in the industry a lot longer than I have, but I know I've definitely had my battles over the last few months about how to put out messaging. Um, and we've both got uh, we've got a mutual friend as well who is like a social media marketer, um, and she's she's got some great content and great ideas and is very prominent with her own messaging. Um, and she helps a lot of people in the fitness industry get their own messages out there when it can be so blurred and so um, yeah, and struggle for people struggle for authenticity with their messaging. So that's the basic foundation of the pod at the moment. Yeah, love it, mate. So, shall we give, or shall I give a little bit of a um, a kind of rundown on James himself and kind of how he rose to prominence? You do his bio. Tell me what aisle he likes in the supermarket. Best. <laughs> Where will I find him? Aisle six or aisle five? You find him in the sweary aisle. <laughs> you will flipping off pensioners and other people <laughs> for fun. Um, no, so like, so if you haven't heard of him, um, James Smith is a or he's a personal trainer. 
or kind of was a personal trainer now he's like a like an online coach um absolutely massive social media following and and so in the intro rambo was talking about like messaging and delivery so i would say messaging wise he's definitely evidence-based he puts out a lot of good information i would say like the majority of the stuff that i've seen of his and i'm not like an avid follower but you know he's he's very much about as we'll talk about calorie deficits and science and evidence-based stuff so all good but <laughs> let's face it the reason why he's popular is because he's incredibly outspoken mm. um doesn't pull any punches a bit sweary um can be confrontational um and that's kind of the I suppose that's the crux of, the, of this podcast, really, because what we put out and how we decide to put it out are, are kind of like two different things. So you can love his content in terms of what he's saying um, and uh, like the, valid, the validity of what he's saying. But if, yeah, if you're easily offended, then you, he might not be your cup of tea. He's kind of a bit like Marmite, isn't he? Rambo, yeah. he's, yeah. Love it or hate it. So I think the main phrase that he's really kind of known for is, and I'm going to swear now, and I never really announce my swearing, but this is his words, not mine, is um, calorie fucking deficit. So that's his kind of main phrase that he's known for. Um, and he's very, that's definitely one of his consistent messages with regards to weight loss and fat loss. And he'll say himself that he's a self, he's a, a proven fat loss coach and he's got had clients that are obese and that's what his niche is and he coaches people in order to lose fat and to lose body fat and to lose weight um and one of his vet like most consistent messages is always calorie fucking deficit he uses it on loops in his social media always in his messaging and like that is his that is his message that's what he's known for if you you know it's almost become a tagline for him um and people that follow him or choose to follow him. And I'm going to say choose to follow him because following somebody is a choice. And that, I think that's really important to mention just as easily as you follow someone, you can unfollow them and choose not to follow them anymore. Um, people that follow him know that. And they know the reason they choose to follow him is because of the way he delivers that message. And because of his consistency with delivering that message as well. Um, he's very consistent with the way he delivers that message. Um, so the way, the reason that it's brought, we brought it up today as a topic on the podcast, because he got a reply to one of his videos or one of his um, posts that he put out on social media. And I think it was on Twitter, actually. He's yeah, quite active on Twitter. Yeah. Um, he got a reply from somebody and I'm going to quote this now. So it's their words, not mine. Um, and the reply said, Telling people they need to create a deficit is fucking disgusting. My anorexic sister follows your account. Do not assume that everyone who follows you needs to lose weight. It's harmful. Okay. Um, he, his response was, um, I'm going to, I'm going to read you parts of his response. There are parts of his response that I'm not going to read because it's extremely explicit. And he calls this person some names that, um, you can imagine. Um, Go on, mate. 
no i'm not gonna no i'm not gonna drop that because i don't think those things and i think the way he uses that word and the way he communicates personally i don't think that's correct all right and i don't think that's a nice way to talk to people particularly people that you don't know so i'm not going to say that but you can imagine what he said in reply to this person you wouldn't um, you wouldn't say to someone you met in the supermarket would you mate no absolutely not not unless they were in my way and i couldn't get in (laughs) couldn't get to my product no anyway (laughs) so just some of james's responses in um to to that comment were um uh more obese obese people come to me for help than anorexics i'm able to help obese people i have a proven track record of doing so i'm not qualified to help with anorexia i've never said to even have the solutions for what is such a complex condition if you struggle with any kind of eating disorder then you probably shouldn't come to me for guitar lessons (laughs) if you are allergic to peanuts probably do not eat them um and then he put my final closing thoughts, your anorexic, anorexic sister probably follows me for the bants and knows not to take my advice for fat loss because you know she's probably aware she's anorexic. Not sure I agree with that because some people actually aren't aware they're anorexic and having anorexic, anorexia is a mental health issue. So I'm just going to caveat that to start with. Um, yeah, and then he goes on to talk about... Um, racial equality which I think is also extremely irrelevant there and then he kind of goes on to call this person a very awful word um so yeah some parts of his rhetoric are very valid and some parts of his rhetoric are in my opinion somewhat questionable and we're going to discuss them now Andy um what were your initial thoughts Um... firstly to the comments to how he gives his views on social media and then to his response. So the initial comment of uh, calorie deficit. Uh, yeah, my sister, my anorexic sister follows yours account. Do not assume that everyone who follows you needs to lose weight is harmful. Yes, that's really tricky, right? So let's look at it from, from both angles. That's generally the, the best way to go about this. So the, the lady that was commenting if your sister is anorexic um yeah i mean it's it's a horrific disorder um and you know maybe she's feeling like descent, uh, defensive or protective over her sister and she you know, saw his message you know caught her at, uh, at the wrong time or whatever and yeah she felt the need to to message him with it i think where i so like i do have sympathy with with her for for feeling that way but I kind of so like t- take the abusive response out of it, just the the message itself about, um, you know, saying like calorie fucking deficit, or whatever. It's really difficult when you get uh, a big like so, so. His reach is absolutely frightening. We're talking like millions of people. Yeah. So unless he caveats every single post and every single statement he makes there is always going to be someone or even a group of people that it's not going to be. So there'll be some people that it's a, a massive positive to. So people that are overweight that are following him, uh, let's, I'm going to pluck numbers out of the air, but for example, let's say that's 80% of the people are going to have, um, are going to see results because what he's, what he's preaching will work. Maybe there's another 10% where it's not relevant. They don't need to lose it. And, and maybe there's another like, maybe there is 10% where they're either maybe not even anorexic, but they're on that kind of um, disordered eating spectrum where potentially if you do hear someone saying that all the time, you get that idea in your head and it does become harmful. But 
I don't, I don't blame him for that. I don't think that, I think his initial response was actually quite good and it injected a little bit of humor into it. <laughs> and then it kind of veered, veered off pretty in, a, in another direction after that. I think he could have left it at that first part as in, I help obese people. I've got a proven track record. I'm not qualified to talk about anorexia. That's not who I'm targeting and I'm working with, you know, kind of, kind of leave it there. Um, but do, do you want to kind of, uh, do you want to give your thoughts on that as well? What to how he responded? So just that, that comment the, in itself, the the initial part of it. So just like that initial response from from the lady, and then he's yeah. kind of that first part. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, obviously, that I don't know if it's a lady or if it's a brother. Actually, I'm not sure. Um, that, but the response from the family member is obviously very emotive. You don't have context about the situation or the anorexia. It might be a new thing. It might be um, a really a long term struggle. Um, it's it's obviously I like to think it's come from a place of care for their sibling um but they I don't think that has probably come from somebody who's followed James Smith for a long time and is actually can like understands his message because if it did I think it sounds like a very reactive comment um to one video that maybe that they've seen and I feel the same as you about James's response as well. James is, I think he's a very reactive person, quite confrontational. Um, obviously I know him so well, you know, but like like it, from what I've seen on social media and we do, we all create a persona on social media. We all give up the best version of ourselves. That's what is there for. It's a highlight reel, you know? Um, well, it's not, well, it's not what it's there for, but that's what a lot of people use it for is a highlight reel. So yeah, I agree. His initial response is great. It's humorous. He really reiterates what he does, why he does it. He knows that he's not going to please anybody, everybody. And that's how he's made a living. I then don't agree with going on to talk shit about somebody and call them names just because you don't agree with what they're saying. And you could argue that that's what the person's done in the first place, but you don't know that person. You don't know what they've gone through. Like there is such thing as a healthy difference of opinion and people can have that. And I think James has made a living out of being very reactive and responsive to these kind of messages. And I think people were probably looking for a response from him like that. So maybe it's a bit of living up to his own hype. Um, but then maybe that is actually just genuinely what he thinks. As I said, I don't know him well enough to even comment. But personally, I don't agree with being rude to people. I don't agree with calling people names. And I don't agree with, um, yeah. And he's kind of just made that person's feelings invalid rather than he could have taken a very, like the, like the beginning of his response, he could have taken a very much more educational standpoint, gone, you know, and actually tried to show that person a little bit of empathy and still come out smelling of roses. Whereas I don't think he cares he's got all this backlash because it's probably just more followers to his Instagram page. But, you know, it's it's driven up a lot of hype and it's driven up, well, we're doing a bloody podcast on it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I think because it, because it does kind of speak to like a broader, this is a broader point on social media. That's why, like to me, that's why it's interesting. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, his response, does that surprise anyone? Didn't didn't surprise me that he kind of, you know, like quite sarcastic, um, bit abusive, bit sweary. Um, 
yeah like kind of like true to form and this is actually like a point you were saying about social media being like a highlight reel and you know people showing their best all the time i would argue that one of the reasons that he is so popular is that he doesn't do that so he he doesn't kind of sugarcoat what he says he just kind of comes out with it yeah some of it's definitely definitely reactive but i think a lot of it is just that's kind of I do feel like that's kind of him. It might be like a the version that's kind of turned up to 10 for social media, but like what he he definitely believes what he says. Like I don't think I'd be more surprised if he um like he's never going to like uh, upload a video one day and say I'll juice diets are the the way forward or our calories don't matter he's not now sponsored by herbalife yeah like say if he did that that would be like like he's completely he's done a complete u-turn like he's you know taken the the herbalife dollars and sold his soul um and and i think one of the reasons i mean like i should probably get tanya on her at some point actually to talk about it but i think people people gravitate towards people that are that are honest and, and quite truthful online there's there's other ways of getting like a following and stuff but when like authenticity like the title of the, the pod it it kind of jumps off the screen at you because so much of what we see on our feed is like filtered uh literally and metaphorically um and just yeah the best of or the highlight reel and he is there kind of just off the cuff front and the fact that he's just kind of off the cuff comments to millions of people there is a part of me that's like fucking hell I wish I could do that okay then here's a question for you so do you think he's making those air quotes off the cuff comments because he knows he's going to get a reaction and in that sense are they actually off the cuff comments I same thing again right so I, I don't I think whatever he did so if he went oh, mega abusive and swore, didn't even bother to give any explanation, just said, oh, fuck you, whatever, whatever. Um, there'd be some people that absolutely love that um, if he did that. And then there'll be other people, if he just literally put a line being like yawning face, um, you know, just dismissed it. There'd be people that love that as well. So with that many people following, I think whatever he says whatever he says people there's going to be some people that love it and some people that, oh, the, yeah. the, the people that love him are going to continue to love him and the people that hate him are going to continue to hate him but there's also people that love him that reading that response have been like mm, okay i wouldn't have gone there yeah i think i think so me and you are in that camp right so like me yeah. and you me and you personally would not have <laughs> would not have gone after a like that that being said i would I'd rather he did that than come out with something vanilla. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've, I'd, he's obviously thought about the way he's going to respond. He stayed true to himself, which I really respect. He hasn't apologised because does he have anything to apologise for? Probably not. Um I would probably apologize for calling the person that what they what he called them but that's just me. I just think that you don't you don't call people that if you don't under, you don't know them but I'm quite british like that. So um the C the C bomb. 
the, the sebum. sebum. I just oh. I more than once, and it's just like, come on, mate. Like yes. But so then, but then that, but then that doesn't align with my values. Like my values are a coach are very different to James's values as a coach, to very different to your values as a coach, and that's why there's so many coaches in the fitness industry because everybody is so different, and it comes down to that whole thing of like individualization and like it depends it depends it depends like you you can't there's no blanket prescription for everybody in fitness because everybody is so different so what people people that love james smith as a coach might not like me as a coach people that might not like me as a coach might not like you as a coach people that like you as a coach andy like you know they they might hate james smith i know i've spoken to plenty of people that like i don't like to be shouted at i don't like to be sworn at i don't like to be told what to do you know and there's there's so many different personalities in the world that's why the fitness industry is so massive because people look for different things in coaches and james has obviously created a massive following out of the niche of his personality like and that's his values his values being definitely blunt honesty um being consistent with his message and if you read his book that's one of the things he says about being consistent with his messaging he just was actually relentless over the years trying to build up a following with mess email after email after message after message after instagram post like constantly just trying to get things out um and he's that very matter of fact you know coach and you but i i do admire that just because that's the way that i don't choose to coach my clients or choose to kind of get get any kind of new business you know he you've got to admire that yeah I I think that the language the language thing to me is really interesting because see I how I coach how I coach one client um might be it's not going to be completely different from person to person like the actual like exercises and stuff and setups will be but I'm not going to suddenly become like a different person. But that being said, if a client starts to, I know, like if they swear liberally in front of me, I'm going to be a bit relaxed, a bit more relaxed with my language because I'm like, oh, it's fine. Like if me and you were talking, I'm not going to worry that I'm going to offend you. (laughs) I mean, it's unlikely that's going to happen. Whereas if I'm training um, a a new client for the first time and they're a little bit older, I'm probably just going to be like, before I start saying, right, fucking hell, pick up that bar, Doris. Like, I'm probably not going to do that. I'm probably going to just kind of watch myself a little bit. Um, and I think, who knows, like one-to-one, like if you booked uh, book James for a one-to-one PT session, I can't imagine that he's going to be getting up in your face like dropping. But then it. you could argue that that wasn't why, he's then a different person to why you booked him. You know, if I but if I if I saw him on his Instagram profile, really resonated with him, loved his message, was like, love him, love what he stands for, really want to work with him. I'd expect to receive that, especially if I was paying money for it. You know, if all of a sudden he sits down with a notebook and he's like, hello, my name's James. Um, who are you? Oh, so you, can you tell me a little about yourself and where do you summer? <laughs> you're like, do you know what I mean? Like you'd yeah. be, you'd want to be, you'd want, you're going to somebody because of the values that they are showing you um, and the message that they are putting out consistently. So if you're then prepared to pay that person, you expect to receive the same, the same kind of service, you know, like we're all about empathy, relationships, we'd like to think that we're relatable you know 
James Smith is relatable to some people, but it can guarantee he's probably not going to be relatable to everybody, you know. Um, I I would I think there's a lot of people who would be scared of going with a coach like James because they'd feel like they wouldn't be able to if they did deviate for example for what he asked them to do for that week they'd be like oh he's gonna swear at me he's gonna say why didn't I keep it it's just about a calorie fucking deficit like he didn't understand that I had a really bad day at work and I drank a bottle of wine but I just won't tell him that because he'll just swear at me and tell me I'm stupid like you know there'd be a lot of people that actually don't resonate with his approach no absolutely and, and like, he doesn't give a shit about that. You know, he doesn't care that there are people that don't resonate with his approach because he doesn't need to care because there are enough people that do. Yeah. And I think when you're doing, when you're doing like videos online and you're kind of talking into the camera and you're like addressing an audience, I do think you can, especially if you've got that kind of, um, I don't know if it's like a performer gene. Do you know what I mean? Like if you're oh, yeah. if, if dressing a group of people, you, you do talk, I think you do talk differently. Well, or maybe, maybe it's just oh, me. No, 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 massively. Like when I was a flight attendant, like I'm the manager of that aircraft, you know, I'm representing a brand. I put that uniform on and it's like, I used to call it my armor, you know, it was like, and like Jack gave me this key ring once and it was Wonder Woman. And for every, like, honestly, when I put that uniform on, I was, I wasn't a different person, but I had a different persona. I embodied a lot more confidence. I spoke to people differently. I was the best, most professional version of myself. Um, and depending on the person that I was talking to, I could change, not change, but modify my message or the way I was talking to somebody because of that. And that's why I was good at my job. So like having that ability is actually a skill and, you know, coaching is a skill because of that. Do you, um, do you think with James that, so this is some this is something that was kind of brought up in um in a like an online online discussion that I was kind of following. Do you think in terms of what he's done for the industry? Um so like so if he's you know how you're like um like when you put the uniform on, you're kind of representing Qantas. Mm. If I know he doesn't like represent the fitness industry, but if he's kind of like he's one of the more prominent figures, right, in the industry, do you think he's been a uh do you think he's been positive or negative on the whole? Oh, like <laughs> Anyone that is evidence-based, I think has got to be, I, mean, I say that, that's actually very dubious. I take that back. Um, there are plenty of doctors out there that claim they're evidence-based that put out absolutely atrocious content. But um, he's claiming to be evidence-based. All his posts rely on evidence-backed theories about nutrition and science and training. Um, he's hammering home a very consistent message with a very large following that is having a, a very positive impact in the industry so I think overall and you think about his reach as well like he's an English guy but he lives in Australia so he's got a massive Australian following as well um overall I think it's huge overall I think he's been a huge positive you know I think I've got his book down here down and like his book, his first book was called like not a diet book. Yeah. So anyone that is trying to steer people away from diets and give them more scientific evidence-based ways of having, whether it's losing fat or I'm going to say having a relationship with food, because I'm very passionate about how we build our relationships with food. Um, I think, I think that's definitely a positive thing. Definitely a positive thing. Just because 
he's got that message. He's one package. There's another person that could be saying the same message with a different package. And depending on the type of person you are, you're just going to resonate with one or the other. But I think that he generally has had a very positive effect on the industry. Yeah, so I would, I would agree completely. I think, and when I saw that discussion in the group, it was um, it was Chris Burgess in Lift the Bar, and he was like, yeah, hands down, like it's not even a... Um, almost not even a debate he's 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 been a net positive for the for the fitness industry um and part of that is because yeah like anytime you you get someone who's evidence-based you want to kind of push them you want them to do well but here's the thing we've said this before on here being evidence-based and and kind of talking about consistency and calories and all the things that that will get you results it's not very sexy it's kind of boring so if what you're pitching is inherently not that interesting or definitely okay not maybe not not interesting but not necessarily what people want to hear i think there's uh there's almost a need to to do something with the delivery to get it make across. the package a bit prettier basically make it a little <laughs> bit prettier slap some makeup on that delivery and get it out there but like the evidence-based thing's really interesting like because anyone now can claim they're evidence-based and it is so easy to go onto pubmed find a study to prove absolutely anything yeah and anyone could be like oh well i'm evidence-based i've researched it well are you actually um and we all collect, like, I think any any nutrition professional, I would hope, would be evidence-based. Um, but even then, we still get it wrong. And there's new studies coming out all the time. Um, and being evidence-based counts on, a, it, it, it encompasses a lot of different things. So it's not just scientific evidence, it's a lot of experience as well. And then it takes into account the individual in front of it. So... And this is the thing that you were talking about right in the start, Andy, in terms of like, you can't please everybody. And there are always going to be individual people. And that's the same even with evidence-based training or evidence-based nutrition. There are still individual variances. And if James Smith had to caveat every single video he did with uh, just, just FYI, this isn't going to work for everybody, but the message I'm about to deliver is predominantly evidence-based and will work for most people, apart from those people that are anorexic, having eating disorders, blah, 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 blah. It would be really fucking boring. And there's me swearing, you know? Yeah, so you'd, you'd switch off straight away. Switch yeah. off. Of course you would. So, I mean, I'm going to throw out a very controversial comment here and just say sometimes maybe people are actually looking to be offended or maybe people are sometimes looking to be triggered by something. Um, and I'm not saying that again, I'm not saying that goes to everybody, but when you're in the realms of dealing with something, so say, for example, this person was in the realms of dealing with a sister that had anorexia, it's obviously an extremely emotive time, takes off a lot of energy, emotional and physical. It can be heartbreaking. There's a lot of mental health going on with it as well. Everything you see is a trigger, you know, everything you see is a trigger. So it can be an advert on telly, you know? It could be, it, it, I'm sure she wasn't writing to Slimming World saying, oh, can you stop advertising losing weight ready for Christmas or bikini bodies, you know, but it just so happens that at that time, it was James Smith that triggered whatever they were going through. So, and we, we can all be like that when there's something going on in our lives. We just suddenly respond in a very reactive way to to what can seem to be the smallest thing because of what's going on in our life at the time so i i i am and i'm being quite controversial in saying that but i do think there's a little bit of an element of that there 
Yeah, I don't even. I, well, yeah, to me that's that's not controversial because because oh, I th- because <laughs> yeah, you're off the hook. Um, <laughs> because I think I think we see that like we see that across the board with talk about evidence based stuff. Look at um, look at coronavirus and people plucking numbers yeah. or graphs out to kind of suit their suit their narrative they've got no understanding of it um and by the way i don't either but so what i do is this this really kind of bizarre concept is you follow the people that know what they're talking about and when you get like a disagreement or when people don't uh, when like scientists or epidemiologists or whatever or nutrition researchers when they disagree you go with the majority until they're shown to be wrong and then it's perfectly fine to change your mind as the evidence or as more research is done and that's just that's being like intellectually honest as in like i know this at the moment this you know this is what the science says then you can sprinkle in you know anecdotally i've worked with this many clients and actually i found this way works as well there's nothing wrong with doing that but as long as you're upfront about it i think that's i think that's absolutely fine um (laughs) that whole like evidence-based as like a um like the whole evidence-based industry and that whole approach that's probably uh, another podcast people have started wearing it like a badge of honor like and also like this as is the um uh yeah whether you call it getting triggered or like um snowflakes on social media i'm not a massive fan of that term because i think again that can be hijacked because uh, people who've got like legitimate concerns can be just kind of shouted down my slightly cynical side though so like the the person who wrote to james smith it, it they kind of so like their opening their opening kind of um message was pretty confrontational it's like oh well i'm gonna say something controversial and in a slightly aggressive manner to this guy that's known for reactive videos and not pulling any punches what did you expect mm. uh, to, to happen and this is my issue with this kind of things on social media like what are you trying to achieve and well whole here, here, issue with social media anyway what the hell are you trying to achieve so let me tell you so in andy's slightly cynical brain maybe they're trying to achieve um, a little bit of notoriety themselves. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, probably. I agree. I agree. But then I wouldn't be so... I wouldn't be not egotistical, but I wouldn't I wouldn't think that out of all the million comments that James Smith gets on his post, that that would be the one that he picks up. You know, you're only one of a, like, probably a few hundred haters. You know, there's, there's you're not going to be the one negative comment that he gets a day. And that's even if he's got time to read them, you know? He pr- like... Yeah, no, no, I, I get you. And I think that's why and when we were talking about beforehand, you were like, um, oh what, you know, why would you why would he bother responding? Um and 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 I was and I was saying like he probably does get hundreds and thousands of, of negative comments and he either it's probably one or two reasons why he responds. It's either, mm, do you know what? This is a good opportunity here to reinforce my message. I'll make like, you know, he's kind of made a kind of uh, slightly amusing video alongside it. This will boost my following. My followers are going to absolutely love it. Um, so that's one reason why he did it. Or she might have caught him at a bad time. And he was like, yeah. fuck this. I'm going to respond back, drop a load of C-bombs, have a go at her. And then yeah. let the kind of chips fall where they may. But the issue I have with that I just I and that's the type that's the type of person I am like 
I wouldn't sleep very well at night knowing I'd spoken to somebody like that that I don't know. But then that's just because I don't, I tend not to speak to people like that. I think that's quite disgusting. You don't talk to people like that. It's not polite. It's not, it's not, it's not good manners. It's just horrible. I know he got abuse to start with, but he didn't get abuse on his character. He got abuse on the message that he was delivering. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so yeah, me and you deviate slightly here, I think, because I, it doesn't bother me that much that you use that language. Like, again, I wouldn't do it like, like not my style, not your style. Um, but I, I honestly, I kind of, to me, it's like the fact that he's consistent, whether I like it or not, that's, I'd rather he, I'd, I'd rather he was like that. Um, than yeah, I don't know. Like, it's, it's a weird one because when I read it, I kind of flinch and I'm like, oh God, like that's that's rough. So, so my bigger problem with it isn't what he said necessarily. It's just the fact that when you have a following of that many people, if all your fans then pile on. So if it was just two people having a row, to me, it's like, okay, cool. Let them have a dispute. But it's not on social media, is it? It's yes, like okay. millions of people. And then suddenly that person's got thousands of comments, you know, reiterating what he says and then it kind of blows up and then suddenly like you know a month down the line she's really struggling because she's got all this kind of hate online and whereas james smith can kind of let it you know water off a duck's back it's fine she mm. could be like jesus christ i've made yeah. a terrible mistake uh, but again even that is like that's me extrapolating out who knows you know maybe it was a cynical approach maybe she's like devastated that she did it i'm not sure but um but yeah, this this is fucking social media in a nutshell, isn't it? It's an yeah. absolute fucking minefield. So what we were going to move on to, like kind of wrap up the podcast really, was like our approaches to social media and how we put out content. So like, do you want to start with that? Because I know the way that you put out content has changed quite a lot over the last few years, especially since we started, like since we've known each other, because um, you've gone through a bit of a journey with your social media. Yeah, I think for me, it was a case of finding, um, I think with so, so social media, like kind of it all gets lumped in, doesn't it? Whereas it's like one big, kind of one big thing. Whereas like, you know, to me, like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, they're all quite different. Hmm. Uh, they're similar in some ways. You've still got the likes and you've still got like the comments and that kind of thing. But the... Um, they are different platforms and they suit different, even podcasts, it like it suits different messaging. So to me, I, you know, I don't use Instagram now because I, I didn't really, um, I don't really like that kind of, you know, like photo, uh, highly filtered <laughs> kind of, you know, like, to, to me, it's just like, I, I think maybe because I, you know, followed the wrong people or whatever, but it didn't, I never felt good scrolling for Instagram. I didn't really use it that much. I, the, the, you know, sometimes I did, sometimes I didn't. Whereas like Facebook, I've been on it the longest. I know it the best. Um, I like it when I post stuff in that group. On like The group function for me on there is, is brilliant because it's a place where I can, um, I don't know, it's, it's talking about messaging and stuff. It's easy to to deliver a, a consistent message. I don't feel under pressure to, to post in there. Like sometimes I'll be on there like every day. Other times I won't be on there for a week. Um, yeah, that's, and I, I suppose for me, it's, I really enjoy, like for myself when I'm listening or consuming social media, I really enjoy podcasts and I enjoy 
YouTube in terms of if I'm going to spend time, I like listening and I like watching and I like things that are, um, you know, podcasts that are like an hour long or two hours long or three hours long. I can like, I get so much more out of it. And that's why, you know, like this, like we've spoken about, this podcast kind of came about by accident, but I love it. There's a reason why we haven't missed a week. Yeah. Because if I, if I wasn't into it, I wouldn't do it. And like, I've yeah. never been this consistent with probably anything like social wise I've gone through phases like if I'm doing a diet or something it'll be like you know 12 weeks I'll set a size and I'll have an idea of how it how it's going to look um but I do think it the whole thing of like finding your voice being honest being putting stuff out there it can be it can be quite scary and it can be quite um intimidating um and, and I, I do worry like what people think like I just can't help that like that I've kind of come to the realization that that is me now so like a little bit of acceptance there so then you have the quit or I have that kind of struggle of on one hand quite nervous um you know how's this going to be received da, da, da. and then on the other hand it's you know this is good information you know you can help people so if you choose not to do it what you're really doing is like choosing not to help someone so I have this like little dialogue that goes in my head and in the end hopefully the second guy wins and it's like right now I'll put it out there because I know it's coming from like a from a good place yeah and that's like my um I and I I do think though there's when I think of all like the ideas I've had or like posts that are like half written and all that kind of stuff there's a shitload of stuff that I've never put out there because essentially of being like afraid to do it yeah and that and that's something that you know as you get as you get older like I care less what people think so that's good so that's why like doing this podcast has happened now I've got no you know COVID might have like pushed pushed the button on it um or prompted it but this would have happened for sure because this is kind of I don't know I just feel more comfortable doing this yeah. than like talking to camera being like hi guys uh welcome to the you know it's just yeah, a, like vlogging or something yeah uh, see vlog even vlogging I think that can be that can be done well but I just like if you've got a podcast or if you've got an hour you can just chill a bit there's always like before we press record it's like a little bit of nerves oh how is it going to start then you start talking about supermarkets we're having a laugh and it's great and then you look to the like look to the little clock on the laptop and I'm like fuck me have been going for an hour or so it's yeah. like yeah. it's fun um it's me i know it's me (laughs) yeah you're basically rambo you're the you're the secret ingredient (laughs) and the gel Uh, but i think like um i I think oh actually no before we go on to that this uh so what about yourself mate how have you kind of so as someone who's newer to the industry how have you found um how have you found like integrating yourself into the the health fitness industry on social fucking horrendous (laughs) Don't sugar, don't sugarcoat it, mate. Tell really us what, Smith there. Tell Horrendous. us what you really think. Um, I really dislike it. Um, I see it as a tool, as a very useful tool, and it can be a very useful tool. I really struggle with... Um, I struggle a lot with my confidence, with what messages to put out. I struggle a lot with feeling like an imposter like why would people want to listen to me I struggle a lot with knowing what messages people are going to find useful um 
so my posting on social media is very sporadic because a lot of the like and this is one thing that like our friend our social media friend has said to me before like you need to be more consistent and I'm like I know but I really struggle I really struggle with just thinking about what are people going to find useful um so when I do post it usually comes from a moment of inspiration when my mind is a lot less busy with things that I've got to do um so like I think there was one post recently that I did when I was on holiday and I probably had a bottle of Prosecco and I was like that's what I should post about <laughs> and, I, and then there was another post like I think on a Sunday morning when I was eating breakfast and then so a lot of my inspiration comes from conversations I have with clients, conversations I have with Jack, conversations we have, conversations with my mom. Um, so it's just very sporadic. Like, I, I think I've I've struggled to find my purpose in this industry and find my voice because when I started, I was the flying food coach and that found I felt like that was a really good niche to have, like, you know, um, helping other flight attendants that do struggle to achieve their goals um one of my very early clients was a paramedic we made massive inroads in his health and nutrition with regards to balances his shifts and that felt like a really good niche and like even though yeah I still have that niche because I still have that experience obviously that's not something I do anymore so I've I found it really difficult Andy and like I I don't know what I never know what to concentrate on um I've been extremely fortunate that my a lot of my clients and a lot of my business um has come from either the gym members at the gym or from I mean I've put out educational content as well so I've done a lot of webinars and like to be honest webinars I absolutely love I love doing webinars an hour an hour and a half educational content on zoom I've got a powerpoint up I'm teaching again I'm in my classroom that's where I feel at home so like that's I absolutely love that so I think that's definitely something I would love to do more of in terms of like delivering educational content in a format and in a way that people understand so that's cool but doing it in any kind of bite size form for social media I just find really difficult I think it's just because I like to talk I just like to go on and on and Instagram doesn't give me very long so like I, I, no I just I just struggle and like Facebook for me I came off Facebook for a couple of years and I actually didn't use it and I didn't miss it and the only reason I went back on was for our gym um we had like a gym members group so again a lot of people on Facebook, it's more like a friends thing rather than like a delivering content thing. Um, YouTube, I don't really use only to watch old NSYNC and Backstreet Boys videos. That's something I do quite regularly as well. Or at the minute it's Westlife. Um, so uh, like the, but again, I'm a podcast girl. Like I love list. That's how I consume a lot of my educational content because I love list. I have time to listen to podcasts when I'm in the van or when I was in the car. Um, but yeah, I, I, I struggle. I don't like it. I really don't like it. Um, I struggle finding the images. Words are never an issue for me, but I struggle finding the images and I just don't have a clue what people want. Like, and that's why I love this podcast because I love gelling with you. I like vibing off you. I, I, and this to me feels like a safe space to be who I really am. Like, you always get the best of me we have the best conversations on and off the podcast in terms of like we really know each other and then when we're talking it's like a safe space and 
I always forget that we even have a podcast, Andy. You know, I forget that this even goes out into the world because, yeah, when I know. you know, like I'm like, oh, I'm exa- I have a podcast. I'm, exa- <laughs> like, I'm exactly the same. That's because hilarious. it comes from such a place of love and enjoyment. And I really feel like I'm my true authentic self when I'm doing it. So like, that's, that's how I like it. But yeah. I think I think we all get in those holes with social media where they we just end up scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and the end we end up feeling like absolute cack and then we can't pinpoint why and it's um I think that's forever going to be a little bit of a thing about how humans in general manage their relationships with social media yeah uh, procrast- the procrastination is real on um, yeah. on social media like having the apps on the phone and stuff is is pretty brutal it's interesting what you say about the educational stuff because that's if you think about what that so yeah one like if doing so doing a webinar for example one it has like a direct link to to what you used to do for work that kind of like getting up and presenting it's longer form so it's not like bite size so um what you're putting out you know is quality because you can't just rock up and do a webinar generally there'll be like a load of prep so you know what you're saying is good you're presenting to people that if it's a webinar they've signed up so you know that you've got a receptive audience that want to be there so it it kind of like it ticks so many boxes that to me that's like no surprise whatsoever that that's where you feel so something's on the same as you like the short snappy stuff i'm just like it's one of the things it takes longer than you think it's going to take. It doesn't add as much value as you'd like it to add. You're like, you fuck around trying to find images or are oh, the video, I need to cut that here. And you're like, who's watching this? Are people listening to it? Um, whereas if you know, you put something good out, even if it only reaches like a handful of people or um, you know, even one person, if you put out like a longer form video, a podcast, a webinar that can like stand alone as that's like a quality kind of piece of work which is why like doing a podcast like this talking about james smith yeah we could just kind of talk about like what he said and all he said she said but there's like a broader point to it and the point is around like messaging and how you can you know how you consume social media like struggles that we have with it and it feels like oh do you know what even if you've never heard of james smith you could still kind of get something mm. like get something from the pod i just i think with social media it's like if you're going to put stuff out there what what do you like (laughs) what apps or what um what forms are you drawn to and if it is like podcasts and stuff then guess what you're probably going to enjoy doing a pod it doesn't always figure but I kind of feel like that's the that's the way to go with it yeah I agree I think like this I forget that this is even social media but this is like this is a huge way of communicating to people and to be honest if this was the only way I was able to communicate my message with regards to the kind of coach that I am the kind of work that we both do and the types of people that we want to help then I'd be completely happy with that (laughs) you know like I just think it's yeah I forget that this is social media which is kind of perfect really I think for coaching as well like people are um once people know that you know what you're talking about, um, then they're buying, they are buying into the person. You know, if someone listens to you, you, well, we've both had this off the podcast, like people contact us who want to be coached or want to train because they've heard something on the podcast or they've heard us on the podcast. And maybe like, you know, you listen to two or three episodes and you you kind of get a feel for what that person's like. And like, yeah. oh, actually, I'd quite like to work with them. Um, exactly. And I'm sure James Smith gets that all the time. Yeah, of course. Of course he does. 
I'm sure his academy's doing very well, exactly. very well indeed. But if anyone would like to work with me and Andy, <laughs> that's a message. <laughs> There's the pitch. There's the pitch. <laughs> it's getting a regular thing now. Um, other than that, I think that's. I think we've. I've said all I've got to say on that, really, bud. Yeah, I was. I was just going to say. I think we've. Uh, I think that's pretty much it, mate. I think. Um, I think we've covered that thoroughly. I, I think the the actual social media topic, though, I think there's there's a few more tangents that we could go off um, at a later date on there. But um, yeah, no, I enjoyed that as ever. I enjoyed that too. I think maybe we have a a guest speaker on for that one. Yeah, have a word. I've, I love I love a word. Reach out, to, <laughs> reach out to our mutual friend. I will do. <laughs> um, yeah, that was fun. Thanks, mate. Absolute pleasure, mate. I'm just gonna go to Tesco's now. <laughs> You knew if you didn't say something that I was gonna, I was gonna reference it. I know, I know, I know. It's got worse since I work at Waitrose as well. Off your pop, go and hang out with that tender stem broccoli, and we'll. If you uh... can be if you can be crap at stacking shelves. I'm crap at it because everything I get out, I'm like, ooh. <laughs> Amy, please get back to work. <laughs> Put the hummus down. Oh, hummus. hummus. <laughs> I'm going to go for a snack now. Enjoy. Enjoy. <laughs> Thanks, mate. That was fun. Cool, mate. Look after yourself. See you next week. Take it easy. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Not Another Fitness podcast. Andy and I really do appreciate all your feedback and questions that you take the time to send us. If you really like the podcast and you're listening via Spotify or another platform, please share it either via Instagram, Facebook or direct with anyone you think would enjoy it. If you're listening via Apple Podcasts, please pop down, give us a five star rating and a little review. We really do love reading all your feedback. And if you want to follow us over on our socials or get in touch with us direct, you'll find me over on Instagram at Coach Amy Rams with a Z. And you'll find Andy over on Facebook at his Facebook group, Eat, Move, Lift, Enjoy. And as long as you're not an absolute tool, he'll probably accept you. And they were his words, not mine. <laughs>